Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. A premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. And it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands. And you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to MonsterBass.com and use the code PANTHERS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Welcome back to Franchise Players. I'm your host, Dustin Johnson. Did get a chance to really talk about uh, NFL or Carolina Panthers news last week with us being off on spring break. Uh, but I brought in good friend of the program, Skylar Callahan, beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Carolina Panthers to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on uh, with the Panthers. Skylar, what's up, man? How's it going, man? It's glad to be all back on the show. Well, first, I wanted to I wanted to know your initial thoughts on the trade for former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, the Panthers giving up, a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, what was it, a six-round pick this year and a second and a fourth next year uh, for Darnold. But it kind of looks like it's going to basically end up being like a second-round pick next year that they gave up for, for Darnold. Is this a good or bad deal for the Panthers and why? Yeah, I think from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people are kind of – quick to overreact to, to deals like this. And anytime you attach multiple picks um, to a player that's maybe not proven, there's going to be some some uncertainty and there's going to be a lot of people questioning the decision. But the way I look at it is, is basically how you said it. You know, the six-round pick was a comp, uh, comp, uh, a comp pick anyway, so you're really not losing much there. The fourth rounder is what it is. The second rounder is really what you're giving up. And if, if Sam Darnold comes in and – really lights it up or just really thrives under Matt Rule and Joe Brady, this is a heck of a bargain. I mean, you're looking, you know, if he can turn around and get this team to the playoff within the next, you know, two or three years, then you're going to look back at this deal and say, man, the Panthers absolutely won this trade. And the way I look at it, you know, they had to make a move at quarterback. They know Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to be the guy. They can't turn back on him now after he's like the fifth or sixth option this offseason for him. So, you had to make a move. They felt like they're in a position where they can't get a top quarterback in the draft, and the guys that could be there at number eight, they really didn't fall in love with. So they like Sam Darnold, and you know when you when you look at the guys that are coming into this draft, you know you look at Trey Lance, you look at Mac Jones, some of those guys that could be there, they're even more unproven than what Sam Darnold is. At least he's got stuff on tape. They ha- they know what they're working with, and they believe in him. So. You know, at, in the end of it all, I don't really think they gave up too much for him. I think the price, the asking price was just about right. I would have said maybe a third round instead of a second round, but uh, I definitely don't think they gave up too much for him. They, uh, you know, I was actually surprised because we had been talking about uh, the Panthers maybe making a move for Sam Darnold for weeks, and then they actually pulled the trigger. And yeah. then come to find out, they'd actually been talking to the Jets for weeks before it actually went down uh, to make this happen. Um, I, I kind of. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it yet. 
You know, like I, I, I kind of wanted it before, and, and I do see the the obvious points. You know, Sam Darnold's twenty five, uh, horrific franchise at uh, the Jets, so he never really got a chance to <laughs> show what he could truly do. I do like the idea that he's comfortable with Robbie Anderson. They had uh, you know a year together uh, up in NY, uh, so you know it, it remains to be seen. Uh, how this is going to turn out. But because of it, the Panthers don't seem to be as locked in for a quarterback in the first round now that Darnold's on board. Although general manager Scott Fitterer did not rule out picking a quarterback with the pick if there was one on the board. Uh, Skyler, out of all the quarterbacks that may be left at number eight, and you just ran through some of them, basically everyone not named Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Who's the one quarterback that if he's sitting there at eight, Carolina's got to pick him? Well, I, I, he would never fall this far, but I love Zach Wilson. Um, but so we'll just kind of move past him too. So I would probably say Justin Fields. I mean, I don't know how this guy is sliding down people's draft boards. Um, everything that he has put on tape has been phenomenal. And the, I, I don't know why people just assume that because he's from Ohio State that he's going to follow the same, you know, NFL success that or lack of success that Cardell Jones and some of those other guys that came out of Ohio State have had. It's not the same. They've had different coaches, different playmakers around them. They have different skills, different assets. Just because a guy came from a school, you can't just pass them pass up on them. Because I'll tell you this: there's been a lot of big time quarterbacks that have come out of you know Michigan and, and Alabama and Texas, but they've also had some, you know, really good quarterbacks that come out as, of there as well. So you can't just pass them up for that. Uh but quickly back onto the Darnold thing. I think for Sam Darnold, this is the best possible situation for him. He's got weapons now, which he had no weapons really at all outside of a you know an, an old aging Frank Gore. And now he's got, you know, really good coaching, which is is ev- what everybody's talking about. You know, Adam Gase was a terrible, terrible coach. He's coming to a place that likes to develop players. Matt Rule, Joe Brady from the college level, or they have to develop players. So I think that's going to be fitting perfect for him. As for the Panthers, I think it's to be determined. You know, we don't know, is he going to be a long-term answer or not? But it's not worth, it's not that, that big of a gamble, I would say, to just throw out a second-round pick for him. But you know, if Justin Fields is on the board, it's going to be making things all very, very interesting. And I think the Panthers would almost hope that he's still on the board because then that's going to trigger teams like New England, Washington, maybe Minnesota, or some of those other teams later in the first round to want to trade up. And Carolina can trade out of that pick, get some extra picks in return. You know, yeah, that's actually an interesting case there because I'm actually kind of leaning that route. You know, why yes. not get two late first round picks by trading out of this eighth slot? And, you know, helping out in the secondary linebacker. We need a middle linebacker. Well, we don't really need a middle linebacker now, but linebacker depth, uh, the offensive line still needs some help. So, yeah, I could see them potentially doing that for sure. Although I would be a bit intrigued if Justin Fields is sitting there at eight to just to kind of create competition, which this yeah. new regime seems to be so high on uh, in-house to have competition. What better way to, to spark and see what Sam Darnold has than to have Justin Fields behind him every day in practice and, you know, say it works out and Darnold rises to the challenge, you you can re-up him and do whatever you want to with Justin Fields. Or if it doesn't work out, you've got Justin Fields in your back pocket. So, yeah, I could easily see if Fields is, is still sitting there at eight, which I think he might be the quarterback that ends up dropping for some reason. Uh, he might be sitting there uh, for Carolina to make a decision. Now, outside of a quarterback falling to number eight, the Panthers do have options uh, Skyler, you did talk about those options in an article on SI.com last week, which I suggest everyone go and check out. One of those being fixing the offensive line. Uh, right tackle Taylor Moten received a franchise tag, 
and the Panthers are working on a long-term deal for him over the next couple of months. It, it does appear that two tackles have separated themselves from the pack, being Oregon's Panay Sewell and Northwestern's Rashawn Slater. If you could choose between the two, say they were both sitting there on the board at number eight, which would be the better fit for Carolina? Yeah, I think this would be a little bit unpopular of a pick uh, because he's not the more the, the the most polished between the two. But I would go Panay Sewell. I think right now Slater is probably more NFL ready, more plug and play type of guy. Where I think Panay Sewell is, he's going to have some some learning curves and it, it may be rough at times. Uh, but I think in the long end, you know, or in the long run, Panay Sewell is going to be an absolute stud, and I think he's going to be the best offensive tackle in this draft. No. You know, that's no slight to Rashawn Slater because I think he's got a bright future as well. But Panay Sewell just has a lot of gifted ability, um, really good pass protector, does well in run and run blocking as well. And he just he's just got the look of a, a franchise left tackle that is going to be hard to pass up on, which, again, if you got Panay Sewell and you've got Justin Fields both sitting there at number eight, then it's, you know, do you take one of them or do you trade out? I mean, there's so many options for Scott Fitter where he's got uh, only 10 minutes to make a decision. So that's one of those things where you, you kind of wish you, you would had 15, 20, 30 more minutes because this is a very tough draft, I think, really for Carolina because they can go so many different routes where usually teams in the top 10, they kind of know, you know, general on the idea of where they need to go, what holes they need to fill. If, if this guy falls to him, we're absolutely taking him. But then you could also throw in a curveball and go, you know, Kyle Pitts at tight end. You know, they have to have an upgrade at tight end. Um, so, I mean, they, they have so many options. But, again, back to, to the original question, I love Panay Sewell. I have from the very beginning. And I, I think he, if he does get to number eight, it's going to be hard for Carolina to pass him up. But I'm hoping he stays on the board because it would be interesting to see what he looks like in Carolina. I just don't know if Cincinnati will take a take a chance on passing him up. Go right now to Twitter and pound that uh, follow button for Skylar Callahan. You can find him at Callahan underscore uh, Panthers beat writer for Sports Illustrated here with us on Franchise Players. Um, Panthers, after losing Curtis Samuel to the Washington football team in free agency, the, could the Panthers elect to take an offensive weapon with the number eight selection? We haven't really heard a lot about it other than uh, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts who's rumored to be at the top of the Panthers draft board, but will probably be gone by the time they get to the eighth selection. Would you use the number eight pick on an offensive piece like Pitts or one of these wide receivers that are going to be out there like Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith? Or should the Panthers, like you mentioned before, seriously consider trading down and get another one later on in the round if, that, if it gets to that point? Yeah, I think if Kyle Pitts is there, I think you absolutely take him. I, I don't know. If there's a more gifted, more natural talent at tight end than Kyle Pitts, and if you watch what he did at Florida, he's not just a, a guy that lines up with his hand in the dirt. He can split out wide. He can line up in the slot. He is so versatile, and and I really think he he could be the best all around player in this draft. Um, so yeah, he's if he's there, Carolina has to take him. And I get tight end is not you know a pressing need as maybe an offensive tackle or, you know, a shutdown quarter like Patrick Sertan. But I love Kyle Pitts. I love Jamar Chase. I think he's number wide receiver number one in this class. If he's on the board, you got to consider him. Uh, but to me, if it comes down to Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, I'm going Kyle Pitts. And I think if if both of those guys are if, – if it's just Jamar Chase on the board and you got a couple offensive linemen – then I think you kind of lean towards the offensive lineman, get your receiver later in the draft. Even though Jamar Chase is a heck of a talent, I think Kyle Pitts brings a little bit of something that Carolina really doesn't have right now. 
uh, at that tight end spot. So it's either Pitts or an offensive lineman, maybe a corner for me at number eight, but I don't know if I'd go as far as drafting Jamar Chase as, as, as much as I love him. I'm kind of scared to draft a wide receiver first round. I know DJ Moore was a first round selection, but for the most part, if doesn't it feel like the teams that make it like to the Super Bowl for the most part don't have that that first round, you know, eighty million dollar wide receiver that it's really yeah. more of a wide receiver by committee type thing. And uh, I, I, this is a deep draft for wide receivers, just like it was last year. And I feel like they could. Curtis Samuel was a second round pick himself. I feel like they could replace the production of Samuel in later rounds, like you mentioned. But again. Kyle Pitts seems to be a bit of a different type of monster. If he's still sitting there at eight, then yeah, I think you got to go get him. But I honestly, I don't think he's going to get past Atlanta at four. It, it looks like that's probably yeah. where he's going to end up there. If not there, then Miami at six would be a good place for him there too. Give Tua a weapon. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to fall all the way to eight, uh, barring some weird story that comes out the week of the draft or <laughs> something along <laughs> those lines that would drop him down. Um, but yeah, I agree. He, he seems like a monster, but um I'm not I'm not so against the Panthers trading down either now that they've got Darnold in the fold. Uh, they have been busy in free agency, though. So each each, uh, you know, every couple of days, my mind shifts because of moves that they've made, basically building depth across the board. Last week, they signed cornerback A.J. Boye, who was a former pro bowler. Uh, is there a cornerback you would like to see on the board at number eight for Carolina? Or do you think the Panthers are set with Boye and Dante Jackson as starting quarterbacks? I definitely think they need to take a strong look, uh, both at Patrick Sertan out of Alabama and Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. And if it's at number eight, then you're looking more at Sertan, who's probably going to be on the board more than likely. Um, if it comes down to where it's a trade situation and, tr- and Carolina trades back into, say, the middle of the first round, that's an ideal spot for Caleb Farley to go. You're not reaching for him at eight, and you're not really – you know, taking him, you know, too late in the draft where he may be gone. So I think those are your two options there. There are a couple of guys later in the draft, in the you know, maybe day two that could help out. The, I would say the cornerback spot in this draft, I would, you know, between rounds four and seven isn't as strong as it has been in, a, in the last couple of years. So I think it's really a top heavy classic corner. Patrick Sertan at eight if he's there. And then if you trade with, say, New England at 15, oh, which I had in my mock draft, you take Caleb Farley. I think he's a tremendous player. Now, it has become apparent with all these moves that uh, current Panther quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is not in the plans for the 2021 Carolina Panthers after the trade with the Jets for Sam Darnold. Um, Scott Fitter saying all the right things, but if you read through everything, it's pretty much – yeah, we're looking to get Teddy out of here at this point. Where uh, yeah. where are some of the likely landing spots for Bridgewater in your mind? There's a there's really honestly a lot of places that come to mind. Um, you got Denver, who doesn't know what they want to do with Drew Locke. They don't know if he's a franchise guy or not. They kind of, in my mind, they've been very bad at, at hiding the fact that they know he's not the guy, uh, but they just keep trying to put him in those situations where they think that he could be the guy. Um, you look at maybe heck even New York with the Jets. You know you got Zach Wilson probably going to be coming in there. You're going to have to have a veteran guy to mentor him along. Really, Jacksonville, Washington. I mean, any of these spots or where teams maybe taking a rookie quarterback, you're going to have to look at a Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe if it's not one of those situations, maybe it's you know Tampa Bay, you know Pittsburgh, Green Bay, somewhere where he can go and be a solid number two quarterback on a contending team. Um, I don't know if if that's where Teddy wants to go. Now he can only, you know, he's able to talk to some teams, but he's only going to be able to f- facilitate so much. And I just don't know how big the market really is for him. And there's been one team that I really think could use his help, and that's Chicago. 
I'm not sold on Andy Dalton. I don't think anybody is at this point. And I, I think they they have some pieces, especially defensively. They have a really good running back, David Montgomery. If they get a quarterback that can just, you know, kind of manage the game and not really lose them too many op- or too many games, then I think they have a chance to compete in that division. Teddy Bridgewater could give them that that little bit of a push. I just don't know, you know, if they're really willing to go out and do that after they sign Andy Dalton, but he has had success in that division before. There you have it. Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated here checking in for us for the Carolina Panthers. We appreciate you stopping by so much, sir, and we will talk to you definitely before uh, the draft, which is actually here coming up here what, in like two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, here in April, yes. uh, late April. So, yeah, we uh, definitely will have you back on again as we get closer to it. I'm sure there's going to be some movement uh, with Carolina. Uh, maybe they trade that pick. Maybe they uh, do something crazy with it. Who knows with this, uh, this group of characters we got in Charlotte right now. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. No problem. Thank you. Have a good one. Coming up, JP Mundy and Jace Bobby rejoin me as we go through the brackets here in North Carolina. High school football kicking off this Friday, and we are your home for high school football coverage next on Franchise Players. Support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source of high-quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. I don't know about you, but 2020 and the beginning of 2021 has been pretty stressful. That's why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit justlive.com and use code SUPPORT to buy one and get one free. Buy one, get one free at the new gummies line with code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. That's buy one, get one free at JustLive.com. Use code SUPPORT. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.